0: Love Talk Radio.
1: Good morning. This is the Lois J. Withels Show, and I'm host and executive producer, Lois Wetzel, coming to you live this morning from Houston, Texas at 9 a.m. Central Time. I want to remind you to register for Blog Talk Radio. It's free, and if you do that, then you can rate my show. Mark it as a favorite and get reminders of upcoming shows, and they're not going to send you a lot of email. They don't send me any. Uh, My call-in number, if you want to call in and listen um, or talk um, to us is 347-945-5309. You can use your phone or you can call us using Skype. And after you call, if you want me to open the line and let you speak on the show, then hit number one. Otherwise, you can just listen to the show. I also want to remind you that I offer a free email newsletter about metaphysics, spirituality, the coming changes, all the kinds of things that we talk about here on this show. And I've been sending that newsletter out free for about 12 years now. To sign up for that, you would go to my primary website, which is hotpinklotus.com. I don't share email addresses ever. Your privacy is very important. I've got a really exciting show for you today. I'm going to be talking with Bianca Finkler in the Netherlands, who has a website and podcast called The Nightfall Project. Let me see if this is who is here now. Area 316. Are you Bianca are you someone else? 316. Hello, can you hear me? It's you. I was expecting some other numbers to show up for Skype. So how are you this morning, uh, Bianca, or evening, where you are, afternoon?
0: Well, it's 4 o'clock in the afternoon. Um, Yeah, it's great. It's a really stormy day here in the Netherlands.
1: (laughs) Really? Yeah. Um, So I just want to tell you how impressed I am that you are doing all that you're doing and you are also a mother with school-aged children. I think that's very impressive. Uh, not everyone can do as much as you're doing and still be a, a mom who, stay, who takes care of growing children. So I just think that's really awesome. Um, and then I want to ask Thank you how you got the idea of doing the Nightfall Project.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, well, the Nightfall Project, actually, um, I started on this like seven years ago, I started to go on the internet um to share information first of all to share information that I thought was um was worth to share and very important to share um the nightfall itself was a name given to me when I was fifteen, and i was yeah I was a street kid somehow. <laughs> Um, but not really terrible life or something um yeah, I was growing up somehow on street um until I had a sort of trader. I connected with uh, circus people <laughs> who made a lot of yeah artistic stuff um I actually was introduced into a lot of yeah healing techniques um as you were too um, one very important thing for me was of course uh reiki that uh, started already when i was 12 um that i had my first initiation into this and it was the most logical thing that we are if we want a uh, sort of channels for this yeah universal life energy um, there were a couple of other initiations for example the buddhist uh, tara the green Tara which sounds a little bit crazy, but I had to learn to know all kinds of uh, techniques, um, knowledge, um, teachings. I had to learn to know that as a child. It was incredibly important. And when I was 15, um, I was introduced to tensegrity. Um, that is the technique, which is known from Carlos Castaneda, but he himself learned this from his teacher Don Juan Matus <laughs> i hope I pronounce mm-hmm. it good and this is actually uh, a technique of uh, moving, movements and, and postures i think you call it in english um mm-hmm. which the mexican magicians and shamans uh yeah developed um when they have been in trance um how you say that, in a state of trance. Trance. So this is all along. Yeah Yeah, for example. And also yes. Yes. And also movements. Uh, the movements are very important as well because you're working with energy, physical and you you work on two different levels actually, but I'm not sure how to call the other levels sometimes because people interpret so much. But uh, during this yeah time when I learned to know people uh, who are doing tensegrity and also learned to know about, for example, Florinda Donagro, Taisha Abela, all those uh, yeah really incredible women, amazing women and strong women. um, That's when actually the name Nightfall was given to me, and I was 15 and I didn't know, yeah, I just knew this is my name, okay, and it was just an English name for me and. the beginning of the night but uh yeah later on it became more clear to me um what was always happening to me is not only this way of searching for the truth you could say um the truth is love it is unconditional and it's um yeah for me it is higher than everything there's nothing higher than the truth so it's maybe a, a sort of definition um this was not the only important thing, the search for the truth. There was something else that um, somehow brought me on this way. It was that I always remembered the truth. I remembered um, yeah, other times, you could say, um, other ways of life. I just came here <laughs> as a child and first had to learn to know this place, and that's how it always felt for me and so i knew i knew it it was not just a suggestion or an idea i knew it just that uh, there's something more behind this layer of reality that uh, yeah the societies the systems education that they sell to us if i can say it like this And so i also had a lot of <clears throat> experiences during the night of course <laughs> Um, as a child, that I, for example, yeah, it's pity, but there's so much uh, negativity um, adept to, um, uh, how you say that, connected to some words, but I saw myself uh, shape shifting, if you can mm-hmm. say it like that. It means my body completely transformed and I was another being, not a human being but a very old um, sort of reptile being. Uh, I know that sounds really incredible but (laughs) as many things that we are experiencing, yes I know that's (laughs) why I say many things that we experience we think this can't be but yeah i was uh that first time i was nine years old so you can imagine it was just all my childhood already very clear um there's something else that i am maybe um i mean maybe that's more that i am that people or that this world wants us to believe and most important for me was to share the truth no um, um always had the feeling i want to help and i i went through a lot of dramatical things like you know as many children are um, undergoing i was a victim of assault and this this was for me after i had the chance and i mean the power was given to me it was a gift This uh, being being this open channel, it was a gift for me. I always knew that, and I appreciated this. And I knew that there will be a time when I want to share everything that I learned, and um, that I learned also from great teachers. And I want to help somehow. Well, you cannot help somebody if you still are busy with helping yourself. So I think sharing is the best. description for what my project is actually dedicated to. And, yeah, in I was a street musician then, you know, I started to make music, all these, um, yeah, spiritual experiences, actually. I could only express through music, through sound. And uh, music uh, has a lot of ways, you know, dancing, and if it's a beat, but, yeah, I was a pianist and a guitarist, I'm still. <laughs> but, um, yeah, and I started to make music like my first cd and so on and so forth and then i had this idea like there's so much lies in the world It is too much. And there's also this movement, which is called truth movement. And I had the idea, like, there's so much misconceptions, you know, Uh, whether one thing would be bad or the other thing would be good, you know. And I thought, man, there's so much more. So I started to create a small uh, YouTube movie, uh, like six minutes, I think, I don't know anymore, or ten minutes. And that was uh, the first one in 2003. So, um, like this, I started actually to uh, create this sort of project, like all kind of people send me new ideas or information, and I filter it out, or I just create things myself, you know, if it's a video or some music or, you know. <laughs> and, of course, I'm uh, starting now uh, since uh, six months. I had begun to interview people, but I don't call it this an in interview because for me it's the most the the biggest opportunity and it sometimes uh, drives tears to my eyes it's such a chance and gift that i'm i have the chance to speak to the biggest teachers alive uh in my life Yeah. they are still alive i mean there are so much more people i would like to share information and knowledge with but uh, yeah many people already have uh yeah entered another level i think Well, that's a long story, but uh, somehow it all led to this website, and uh, yeah.
1: (laughs) So you've been doing the—it's a podcast, right? Mm -hmm. The the interviews are a podcast. You've been doing that for six months. Is that how long? Yes, only. That's amazing. You've talked to so many really powerful teachers. I'm Mm -hmm. very impressed very impressed.
0: Yeah, it was uh, more like this is a duty, um, a duty, maybe that word sounds weird, I have no other good English word, but um, I mean a duty is so conditional, no, no, it's just if you love people, no? um, mm-hmm. what can you share with them? I could now tell them a lot, you know, and I'm doing that in daily life, trying to help people, you know, like uh, spiritual healing techniques and All that things, but um, to talk to people like Carl Kalman and Barbara and Chloe that uh, you know i had no family and um, people who would raise or educate me so i did that all by learning you know by learning um i somehow try to educate myself so i'm very grateful for people who share their knowledge by writing it down it takes a lot of work to write books you know i mean to write a good book with really truthful knowledge and yeah i'm so grateful for that for example and, yeah, I'm, not the, I'm a musician. I'm not the kind of person who writes a whole book. <laughs> but um, that's why I respect that so much. Um, I know there are some people, these books mean a lot to them because there's just nobody um, who could teach you that in your family, for example. No? Exactly. Yeah.
1: Exactly. Yeah. So but, I, I know that you mentioned to me once before when we were talking that you... Um, lived in bosnia as
0: a child is that where you were born no um i never lived in bosnia i must say um yeah i've been born in uh, north france where in strasbourg where today is the uh, european parliament sitting <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, a part of and um i later yeah i went to a couple of places and then uh, when i was 5 or 6 we moved to berlin in germany the capital city today and that was during the east west say like separation and mm-hmm. um, yeah my mother is coming from the east of um, europe so this is how i was um, also connected with bosnia and well, first, there was the wall opening, of course, in Berlin, 1989, and, yeah, I was a child 10 or 11 years, and mm-hmm. um, I've, I've lived on the West Side, but as a child, you were so equal with children, you're all equal, you know, so we already experienced a year ago all the refugees were coming, you know, from all kind of places in the East, and, Yes, that was actually the first time that I saw that there could be something collective. I don't know if I could call it collective consciousness, but everybody was fighting for the same. Um, they had, of course, different uh, intentions, No, many people. Mm-hmm. But there have been uh, so much people, not only in Germany, also in other Eastern European countries, making this revolution possible. And, yeah, so the wall opened. that really affected a lot of people, I think, to fight for something because you believe in it. You saw it once. It could happen again. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, a few years later, of course, the war in Bosnia started. So we had a part of a family sitting there. And, yeah, that was, of course, you could actually do nothing. No, huh? You were helpless. And there were also times you couldn't just go there. Um, because it was too dangerous, of course, for a young child. And um, I started to go there when I was 16. Then um, it was yeah, a pretty tough time still, but um, mostly I then um, spent my time in, how you say that, asylum centers, you know, for refugee centers. Oh. And they've been full, like thousands of people in one center and only one uh, center, centra. Yeah, and I started to work then there. And then started to travel also much more between Bosnia and Berlin, also Sarajevo and Berlin. Yeah, and I, I love that country very much because I believe in the people, you know. There are so much bad things. We, we have so much prejudice, and I can understand that. But Eastern Europe, and not only Eastern Europe, um, <laughs> there are so many other countries, you know, uh, in in the East, they have this sort of mentality which is maybe pretty rough to the outside, but it's mm-hmm. so honesty, you know, so much honesty. Now, yeah. mm-hmm. they are actually very grateful people. I noticed that
1: about compared to the United States, for example, people in mm-hmm. Europe and especially Eastern Europe are extremely honest to the point that it, shocking to us we don't understand not being polite we call it polite but it's really a form of dishonesty and um and so it it looks rough but it's not it's genuine and uh, i appreciate it i i appreciate it when people tell me the truth in america you've got to be in therapy a long time before you get to the place that you're ready to tell the (laughs) truth and then people think you're rude (laughs) Mm. So, um, it sounds like you know
0: uh-huh.
1: you have had a, a rough yes. childhood, which resulted in your turning toward spirituality, and then yes. deciding that it was extremely important to share that with other people because it was difficult to find anyone to talk to about it when
0: you were a kid. Well. I've also just as a kid already had these experiences and even in the worst situation like you could say in the dungeon in the hell, you know, um, mm-hmm. in that moment there came the brightest light, the brightest light and I just didn't know why and how, I just knew this is true, you know, that was so weird, Um, for example, mm-hmm. It, it would have been uh, Vedic uh, mantras, old mantras, that I just knew as a child, and I didn't know why. Actually, about some of these mantras, I found out two years ago, That's really not, just recently, um, and I was <laughs> amazed, you know. Uh, it sounds so like I'm, you, I'm had very teachers. Uh-huh,
1: you had mm-hmm. teachers on the inner planes then when you were a child. It was like this. spiritual
0: yes. beings, teachers. They are my so, friends, you know, they have yeah. been my friends always. And yeah, uh, pushed me on. to, uh, yeah. Most of my Some teachers have
1: not been alive. They've not been real people. I've had few teachers. Uh, mostly, it's come from books, or from light beings teaching me. So uh-huh. yes. I, I do appreciate books very much, and I also believe that it's really, really important, and that's why I do this radio show to spread the knowledge and the understanding because this is what this is what we need as a species to survive and to thrive is a deeper understanding of our spiritual nature
0: mm-hmm. and that's, that's, that's right. why I,
1: why I think people like you and like me are um we feel uh, I guess the word is impelled driven from within to share as much knowledge as we possibly can. Mm-hmm. So um yeah anything you want to add I to that? also
0: uh, liked um when I checked today again um also really like previous shows of yours I saw that you really share uh yeah on a lot of um topics, you have programs on a lot of topics that I'm also totally into, you know, so Mm -hmm. um, yeah, if it's metaphysics, um, astrology and even aromatherapy you had a show, so uh, really nice yeah, that's actually yeah, and I think if we share and that's how we keep knowledge alive, you know, like ancestry I mean (laughs) this just can't be what they do on schools, you know, with our children I mean, they're trying their best, I don't accuse any teachers, I don't accuse anyone, but this is going too far, you know, yeah, changing a whole generation, and not only one, and over all these thousands of years, you know, a lot of knowledge has just been, not even disappeared, it is there, available in these days, There's very much available, but, information, but people are closed because they are like programmed you know um, through education and i think uh, sharing is also a form of education you know we should allow that more than just have um prepared uh, education system educational system um with like, uh, things and points that they would, how you say that, that they would tell you this is how you have to teach, you know, a teacher has a real system, a schedule, this mm-hmm. is how I have to do it, and I have to finish this, or I shouldn't talk about that. <laughs> and, yeah, it's a pity yeah, for our children. That's why I could not
1: stay, and I, I taught public school at one point, for a couple of years, and it was very hard for me because I wanted to teach other things. I wanted to teach what I knew that wasn't in the book. And you can get into big trouble like that. You have prepackaged information which must be disseminated, which is why I'm not sure I believe in schools anymore so much. I'm wondering when we're going to start educating children at home or in small
0: groups in the neighborhood. Yeah, I'm a big fan of that. Yeah, Of course, there's the other side, um, and this is also really a part of our consciousness. We are, um, in the Western world, we really have the feeling we are so arrogant. We really think we live in a free world.
2: Mm-hmm. What's
0: happening in the houses, in the homes with the children, you know? Nobody wants to see, nobody wants to know. You look away, it doesn't matter. Even the imagination is uh, not existent in people's mind, like, could there be a child in trouble in my neighbor's house? So this is also a reason why, of course, many people would say, hmm, I'm not a fan of this uh, home study and home teaching uh, thing, but, of course, this is a thing when we learn... Well, to develop our consciousness, not to develop, I mean our consciousness is pure, but um, if we could become conscious again, say like this, then I think there are also um, less problems or dangers, you know, um, for children. But you can imagine in Germany, many people would scream and uh, stand up and say like, yeah, how can you say or suggest uh, home teaching? Because... There is so much going on with children and families, you know. This is just the world we are still living in. On one side, people are really opening and consciously growing, I would say. And on the other side, there is still so much brutality and perversion. And I think... I think mean, you don't need to go on street the whole day and then scream and shout, we don't want this, and protest that. <laughs> but a little bit of protest, a little bit of uh, resistance would be would be good. You know, if we just say, like, oh, it doesn't matter, and the neighbors, and, you know, I don't know how to say it, it's all this hypocrite behavior that we still have in the Western world. Mm-hmm. I think we should really care for each other, not control our neighbors and our next uh, people, but maybe just really open our eyes for the beauty that is there, but also for the yeah people maybe who really crave for help for example, no? There are people really need they need our help and we don't need to start uh, to start in Africa. We can start in our own city, in our own place, uh, our own friendships, you know, always will be uh, somebody if we just allow it, you know, maybe somebody comes to you and says, You know what? Eh, I need your shoulder just for 5 minutes. Can you share something with me, you know? And um yeah, I think to be there for each other, to open your eyes for each other if we start this. Um if we start to become more conscious about this, because we are here not alone, everybody in his own house, we are just not alone, we are living together on Mother Earth. We are sisters, brothers somehow, if we want it or not. <laughs> and um, if we become more conscious about this yeah, unity, then we could also be able to teach our children ourselves again, you know, without being afraid that there are some uh, kind of crazy things going on with our children. I think we should more worry in the moment what's going on with our children on school.
1: Hmm. I'm feeling that what I'm noticing happening is that more and more people are awakening to their expanded sensory abilities so that mm-hmm. we are going to know if something is going on in the neighbor's house and mm-hmm. it's a matter of taking responsibility for helping children which, you know, all adults should do. But I I think as we become more and more um, psychically aware, and I'm seeing this happening everywhere, people are waking up psychically, Um, it's going to be harder and harder for anyone to mistreat children because everyone's going to know about it, and I think we're going to stop it. So. That's that's my hope, and that's what I, I feel like is happening. And also, I think teaching in small clusters in the neighborhood might work better than a great big public school with
0: all the rigid rules and so on. That's right. It would be a beginning, and they uh, could show like this. They could show their goodwill. <laughs> but I am, of course, also somebody not just thinking of conspiracies because that's how some people like to call uh, the truth uh, seekers and the freedom thinkers or free thinkers sorry (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, they would call people like us conspiracy theorists or whatever um i don't know this is really ridiculous um I don't think of a conspiracy, I just know that there are so much lies, because I remember times that have been different, and we had more abilities and powers, really powerful people we have been, uh, each and every one of us. Um, you could also say our ancestors, but actually we ourselves have been these people. But this, I know that the government is lying to us, and I don't mean just the war in Iraq, I mean this lie is going so much further um, back in history history yeah, that says already everything you know why not her story and sometimes uh, we say like uh, there's like a border between her story and history and um, yeah you could also uh, even find it back in the Mayan calendar when special or certain cycles would start and I think there has been a time just so traumatizing to humanity anyway that some other people made abuse of this, you know, or even before that time I mean that's a long story but um in anyway, there's not just a theory of a conspiracy there's just a this yeah conspiracy what a stupid word well. There are too many lies told, you know. If it's on the mainstream media, on the schools, even your doctor, you know, doesn't know about it, but still gives you medication for this and that. The medication, um, again, comes, um, gets first, um, you know, there's one kind of pharma big industry, you know, if they don't allow uh, medication to come on the market, then it's not coming on the market. So, I mean, even the medication you're slicking, uh, you're swallowing against your depression or whatever the system caused. even this medication supports this system that caused your depression. I mean, so I don't need to be a conspiracy thinker. It's just really the truth. Um, That's why, yeah, I think... It's a big point, you know, how we educate our children Because you can do your best, what you, what you want You can do the best, you know Live somewhere outside in nature And have animals, whatever And, you know And then you send your child to school in the morning So you're somehow so helpless, yeah Against mm-hmm. this system Because they are starting at school uh, In school And the teachers may, may not know about this And they may even not believe in this um, that the government would maybe lie to us and do this by purpose. That's the uh, thing why we maybe say this is not only criticism. Yeah, I accuse this uh, government and all the governments. I accuse them to do things by purpose. And it's the same with uh, vaccines. You know, they want just to force me almost to um, give my child a vaccine. Mm-hmm. Uh, for example, a year ago, no, and I just didn't do it, of course, but uh, in the end, you see, there's quicksilver inside, you know, in the stuff. There's so much yeah. other stuff inside, and, um, well, I'm so happy that I didn't give it to him, but I can imagine that the, most of the parents who had uh, this letter in the house, that they just thought, like, uh, well, okay, no resistance, it's always the easier way, you know, just uh, go there, follow them, and uh, follow their rules, and... But now, in the end, we all know it has been a lie. It's just, okay, people don't even say, they don't go on the street, they don't say this is a lie. They just say, like, oh, yeah, that was a misunderstanding and they, they had been wrong. And I say, no, they knew that... All this is wrong. I mean, if you really go and make your research, do your research, um, it doesn't matter on the Internet or talk to people, it doesn't matter where, you know, then you will find out many, many things that are totally different than the things that they tell you on TV mm-hmm. and on school, most of all, because there it starts. And once you are educated and programmed, it's not so easy to become conscious again, be, become yourself thus, and maybe... If, as we say, like open your heart, you know, because you are programmed totally, and you just can't imagine. Imagination's gone. Um, yeah. yeah, I accuse these people up there. <laughs> mhm.
1: And I think sometimes what happens is the uh, the companies that manufacture something like the vaccines with mercury or, or quicksilver in them. Um mm-hmm they don't know at first that it's causing a problem and then when they find out they don't tell us because it would cost them money to change it and mm-hmm. that's where the that's where the big breakdown comes is the desire for profits being more um important than the desire to serve than the desire mm-hmm. to do what's right and i think that's where the system fails us is that um Unfortunately, many of the governmental agencies, here in the United States anyway, have been affected by the money of the large corporations, and those corporations have become so big and so powerful that they are a global threat to the safety of human beings. They are. All they're interested in is making money. So you mentioned Mm -hmm. earlier that you remember things from other lifetimes. You remember lifetimes... Prior to recorded history, yes You're, you did
0: that's a, that's a good question. <laughs> no, you I don't. think you said it right, so that shows actually that you know how how I feel about things also mm-hmm. <laughs> because uh, that's what I always say. it's so important to realize that we've been traumatized we as a human yeah,
1: yeah. a human yeah.
0: race, yeah mm-hmm. species exactly, thank you, mhm. Yeah. And yeah, when I say I remember uh, times before that, that have been that's so almost mm, it's almost too difficult to describe because people would think, well, this is a fantasy movie, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When we've been equal and we've been able, yeah, to heal ourselves because there had been no reason to to become uh, sick too much, you know. Yeah. And all the
1: healers are out of out of work because everyone can heal themselves. Yes, (laughs) we don't have for any other kind of healer anymore because everybody can just heal themselves, which is a pretty great thing. Yeah. So that people have other things they do all day long, which sounds Mm -hmm. pretty good to me. I'd like to travel.
0: (laughs) Yeah, for example, and that was also a big part. You know that people uh, traveled and then I don't mean only human people but all kind of beings you know traveled a lot Mm -hmm. they would visit each other it sounds like a fancy movie but that's really how I am somebody is calling I think just let them call yeah
2: Um,
0: yeah, people would um, connect with each other and have contact and um, share knowledge by, for example, information by uh, DNA. And I don't mean the manipulation of our DNA, but like sharing information. Do you know that when you look each other in the eyes that you actually unconsciously, because we are not conscious in the moment, <laughs> unconsciously share information through our DNA or um, that is really true. Okay, that's what I say. It's true. Um, that's why some people say you look at each other in the eyes and then click. You know, <laughs> mm-hmm. or you can uh, recognize somebody's soul in in his eyes or her eyes. But um, unconsciously, we are actually exchanging information, like who yeah. are you and uh, you know what kind of information you con. It's, it's your content. <laughs> mm-hmm. And all those things have been actually not normal, but just daily things. You know that was how you, yeah, you, know, you how you recognized each other. Mm-hmm. You,
1: know? you know,
0: Thornton so Streeter. Why, hmm?
1: Thornton Streeter was Sorry? here. A man who's a, a British scientist named Thornton Streeter was on my show um, back in mm-hmm. September, and he was telling me that. Uh, they've been doing some experiments recently of shining a laser through the DNA of one type of animal. I'm I'm not sure what the two animals were, but they were like the the fertilized egg of one, I think it was like a salamander, a little lizard type thing, Mm -hmm. and they would shine the light Through the salamander's DNA onto the single celled fertilized egg of a frog, and the frog Mm -hmm. would change, that frog egg would change into a salamander. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Because light communicates with DNA, and DNA is transmitted through light. So it makes sense that it's through the eyes that we would have been able in ancient times to communicate. The DNA more clearly, and we can even still do it now, but we're just not aware of it. That makes perfect sense because DNA mm-hmm. is activated by
0: light. And I'm sure you know also about things like iris uh, diagnosis.
1: Yeah, iris. M-
0: not. Yeah. It's, well, I'm, I'm a big fan of that, and uh, I don't practice it myself, but I had a diagnosis. Myself and yeah, it was great. Wow. Um, so that means not only the black of your pupil uh, would communicate here, yeah, but um, especially that your eye is so individual, like a fingerprint. It is like this, that's why they also use these terrible um, machines, uh, you know, on the airports, (laughs) which is, Mm -hmm. yeah, since a few years going on, to save us from terrorists that are not existing. But anyway, sorry, (laughs) I have to say that, yeah. Yeah. Um, The iris diagnosis is possible because it's like your personal fingerprint, and um, um there are many many um different facets uh, i don't know how to say this in eng- english but very different fields you know with different colors and mm-hmm. that's why it is so individual you can see in somebody's eyes uh, what kind of disease he would have yeah all, all parts kind of the body of, yeah exactly the body, like the represented mm-hmm. in the art Yeah, exactly.
1: Like when there's a little black spot in a certain area, you know there's a problem in the person's body in the corresponding area. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. And that is amazing, you know. So Mm -hmm. um, we actually do so much unconsciously. And there are people saying, um, I don't know if you say that in America too, but sometimes somebody would say, I can't smell this person, you know, and they would mean actually not the physical smell, but like mm-hmm. the, you know, there's a sort of uh, frequency between these people that's not mm-hmm. not very comfortable. <laughs> they say I can't smell mm-hmm. him, but there's have... so much that we do.
1: Mm-hmm. We have a couple of phrases in English that are similar to that. One is something is rotten in Denmark, meaning something smells. Funny, and I don't know where Denmark figures into that, but it's like it means something smells wrong in this situation. And the other one is, if you don't think someone's telling the truth, you say that smells really fishy to me.
0: Oh, uh, yeah.
1: Uh, okay. Funny phrases, and where Denmark yeah. came from, but anyway, they say something's rotten in Denmark, meaning it. Maybe that comes from Shakespeare. I don't know, um, but something. Something smells funny, and I don't trust the situation.
0: But in Denmark, they have really smelly cheese. That's what (laughs) I have to say. (laughs) But I love it. It's really great. Yeah. (laughs) Well, some of the smelliest cheese is the
1: best, isn't it?
0: Oh, it is. I'm trying to teach my son about this phenomenon. (laughs) It smells, but it's good. Yeah, Yeah. but uh, I don't know how far we are with the time and... uh, no, idea. We have, well, I didn't. We have some more time left.
1: We have 20 minutes left.
0: So oh, great. That's great. Um, yeah, are there any more questions uh, that you would have prepared? or?
1: Well, I'll tell you what, I have a backup plan. I'm going to open the line to Becky, who sometimes has really great questions. Becky is in Atlanta, and I see that she's listening. So, you there, Becky?
2: I am here, and something is rotten in Denmark. Is Shakespeare? <laughs> I had to look that up. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> and yeah. So, yeah. Any questions? Um, actually, I didn't want to forget. I jotted down. You, um, hi Bianca. Um, you hi Becky. Talk- you. <laughs> you were talking about some YouTube, um things that you made and I'm wondering the best way to find those
0: you had talked about um, mm -hmm. that's a very uh, simple thing that's just uh, youtube.com slash uh, nightfall project
2: okay well I thought it was probably something obvious but I just jotted it down um, so I wouldn't forget to ask and it wouldn't fall off my radar as far as looking it up
0: um, Thank you. Yeah. Um, yeah. If I can say something about this uh, weirdo YouTube account, um,
2: <laughs> there's yes. even
0: another one, which is uh, Nightfall Project 2012. <clears throat> Why I did that was uh, YouTube closed my account for one year um gave me the reason like certain people that I've been talking to, I know they haven't caused this, but that certain people, teachers, would have sent an email and said, like, um, I don't want this person, so the Nike Project, to share a certain <laughs> certain information. Well, while I say this, there have been, I think, a few hundred accounts closed in that special time that have been also actually... Yeah, it was a stone in our way, in all kind of small people's way, who only tried to share information. And sometimes this information was really from first hand, you know what I mean? Um, yeah, then it was about underground bases and all kinds of um, military and political stuff as well. So, yeah, and then after one year, I had my account back, and that's Nightfall Project. (laughs) So there are a few hundred movies, I think 260 or 280. It's not as much as I would like to have, but it's surely worth to see uh, some of the movies or documentaries.
1: Yeah, I just got on the computer and looked at them and there, there are a lot of really interesting things on there and interviews with a lot of people and, and that are in the YouTube format, which is always very interesting to see what people look like. And um, so you started out making YouTube videos.
0: <laughs> yes, yes. And then moved to a website. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, yeah. Well, I had an always the music was for me the most important things that I actually did. And um, on the internet side like this, and further, I do spiritual healing, such for example uh, Reiki, and uh, aura healing. Um, but I didn't went like in the public, you know, with uh, things. Or I didn't also care about the internet and the computer. But I thought it's so amazing, um, such a powerful message. If you make this uh, music, mini dokus, you know, dokus that were pretty much, um, yeah, popular in a few years ago. And so I would make these things just to, yeah, I thought this is a message with some good music to it. And uh, then people watch it maybe. But that was more about government, and, yeah, the lies. You know, a few years ago, we've been really bombed by a lot of stuff, and the wars have been started, you know. So
1: So there were people that didn't want you talking about underground bases, and we can only speculate
0: as to who those people were that got that that YouTube account. That's right. I rather don't even speculate because, yeah, yeah, there has been a lot of moving, you know. Yeah. I have have been this... um, I'm uh, not going to say it. (laughs)
1: Yeah, we'll let people come to that conclusion Mm -hmm. on their own. So Mm -hmm. yeah. what else you got, Becky? uh...
2: Well, I was um, really taken by your discussion on education and where it's been and um, how it's evolving. I also taught high school for six, seven years, something like that, and Mm -hmm. um, was in trouble a lot. For deviating from the curriculum, <laughs> so um, I think the good news is that there are a lot of grassroots movements out there. A lot of homeschool. It's evolved quite a bit, and a lot of people that are highly educated speaking out about the new kids, how our education system is broken, broken and. Um, different ways to fix it or address it, so that we are producing free thinkers and um, a new generation of inquisitive people that that do speak the truth. So um, I, I do see that moving in that direction. You
1: know, there's another thing, Becky, that occurs to me that they may not have in Germany, as as Bianca. Mentioned, I don't know because I've, I've not been to Germany, but what we have in the States now is a very, very active um, agency called Child Protective Services. And if you suspect that someone is mistreating a child, you can report that anonymously. You don't have to give your name. You can report that to Child Protective Services, and they will send a representative to check on the situation. So I think it's harder for people to get away, not that it isn't happening, it is happening, but it's much harder for people to get away with abusing their children. And Mm -hmm. if it's bad enough, they take the child out of the home.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, this is also a thing, it's like two levels of people, you know, and uh, great, uh, how you say, in America and also in these times in 89 when the wall was falling down, people went on street, and said, we are the people. We are the people, know, mm-hmm. and it's like two levels. <laughs> we are the people, and then there are these other people who are trying to govern us. Mm-hmm. And, <clears throat> and it's so great that there are organizations formed, you know, to help children and to help a lot of other uh, people, you know, with other problems um, in other countries, for example, and all those benefit stuff, know. And I really, truly believe that the intentions are truly meant to help um but i know also that the government offers a lot of things for example uh, if if you would go and try to search for help you know what are they actually actively doing to protect our children no so we really have to take over this our, all our countries, we have to take over because we are the people. The government doesn't do anything actively, you know, to to give us healthy food, you know, to offer this, you know, make it possible, for example, in America, um, to, uh, you know, make it possible for somebody living far away in Pennsylvania in a small village, you know, somewhere there in the Highlands, because I know people who do that, and um, uh, they have no possibility to um, get over the month with healthy food, you know, with the money that they have. so we live in a free world in this western uh, system we can go to the supermarket here but what can we buy there is it really what we want to eat i mean um you know we've been so much pushed in a direction um by the system and in the end by ourselves because we come we become a part of it mostly it's a sort of brainwash sometimes, you know. I mean, mostly it's a sort of brainwash that um, we don't see that we are the people. And, of course, this must mean that we have to connect, you know, we have to share, not be afraid and have a prejudice too much of or, or fears, of loss, you know. Then we can maybe become... I, I don't talk about, like, communist stuff or anything. I just mean that we become the people again, that we become this nation wherever you are living, you know. And um, then we can take back the powers. Um, yeah, it's like... Um, and I also want to say, when I was in America, I saw an amazing an amazing world. Um, I was in, a, in Philadelphia, and uh, I was waiting for... A train and whatever doesn't matter. it was terrible, but <laughs> there was some sort of yeah photo models sitting next to me, and all kind of rich people you know and um yeah, and then I came to the appalachia appalachia oh wow you, see, you know, yeah,, yeah. it's beautiful, oh, this is so beautiful, but the people there are some people so poor, you know they mm-hmm. they can be happy if they have a job maybe in the next uh, town a few miles away, and somebody who's 18 or 19, or let him be 25 or 26, he will not have the possibility to take a bus and then go somewhere to the next station or what. Um, yeah, in America, it was a like a scissor, you know, I, what I saw there, I thought, well, this is the Western world that everybody's dreaming of, it made me cry, you know. I saw an old woman who had not the possibility because of her health insurance to be um, to get enough oxygen. She had to have this bottle, you know, with extra oxygen in her house. Okay. But uh, yeah, they wouldn't pay it. Um there had been so much things going on. In the end she died, yeah. I mean yeah. You saw some room room my cream, heart. didn't you? Some Um in cream. America, yes. Mm-hmm. you know i came from the outside as for you as an american i hope i don't um yeah step on your two, two, two toes when i say that but um just that was my impression come from the outside see the rich people you know new york and uh, or i mean for example philadelphia this and then you go into the yeah to the countryside and it's pretty difficult there and yeah, they need each other
1: yeah, that's some of the poorest those are some of the poorest people in America are in the Appalachians. Um and I guess that's that's what happens when you've got incredible opportunity to make wealth, um, then there are people who make incredible wealth and then there are other people who don't focus on that or who have been in poverty ridden situations for generations and they don't know how to get out of it because they don't know how to create wealth. So, so yeah, I we think also
0: have... maybe for yeah, I know people um we for people who are listening, I think the most important I would like to share also is sharing itself, you know, doesn't doesn't hurt you, you know, it doesn't cost anything and it's right. unconditional, you know. Just give it, mm-hmm. don't expect it back. Just give something, you know. No problem what. Or give a hug, you know, just listen to someone, share, and don't expect back.
1: Yeah, Becky and I were recently in New York, and we were walking through Times Square, and there were people with big signs saying free hugs. So we got (laughs) some. That's great. Oh, this is great. Free hugs. Um, Yeah. So there is a huge um, difference here from Europe, in terms of um, that we are not taken care of by the government as well as uh, many other countries in, in on the European continent. Um, mm-hmm.
0: It where is in Germany. Are, people would really help you. I mean, it's no government is uh, just nice and friendly. No, no, no. But uh, I know that, for example, in, in Germany, here in the Netherlands as well, um, we say they catch you when you fall. Not mm-hmm. they catch you, no, no. But at least you have a little bit money, you know, to survive. And yeah. um, there's always the possibility. But because it's very small, also, um, always the possibility catch a bus and go search for work. Everything's in front of your door. <laughs> so mm-hmm. Just everything is smaller, also. Yeah. Um, I, I wanted I ever... to say for people go who ahead. would be um, sorry, who would be interested in things. Um, about this, um, about the time of mm. uh, catastrophes uh, in human history, um, and about the time maybe before and after, and about things that I've been talking about. Um, I'm not a person, as I said already, who would write a book or is a big uh, lecturer, <laughs> um, more from the heart, you know. But I learned to know about a man. Who has the ability to bring all these things together? And if you really want to make some research and go maybe uh, further, I would like to, yeah, to tell you about Michael (laughs) Tisserian. I'm sure you heard once about him, or even twice. I hope, but yeah, Tisserian. That is T, yeah, Tisserian. So his name is spelled like T S. A-R-I-O-N, and his first name is Michael, Michael Tesarian. He's born in uh, Ireland, but uh, he's now living in Sweden. He has, I think, also lived in America. It doesn't also matter where he lived, but uh, <laughs> he had this ability to really connect the dots, as I would like to say, and um, is going with his research into uh, human history as well as occult um, um, history, the occult but also like where are we coming from and why are we as we are, you know, why are, is this schizophrenia uh, existent inside of us Yeah, also schizophrenia that we are such, living in such a conflict with ourselves Um also has it about the manipulation of DNA and other stuff so yeah, I would like to Advise people to go also maybe to his website is uh, michaeltserian.com dot com. Just yeah.
1: You know. <laughs> well, thank you for that recommendation, and let's tell everybody how to
0: find your website. Yes, it is. Yeah, that is uh, nightfall hyphen project dot com. Yes,
1: nightfall projectcom That's Bianca's Mm -hmm. website. And she's got lots of fascinating interviews with people like uh, Carl Kalamon, Barbara Han-Klo, Ian Clark, is that his name? Ian
0: Ian R. Crane, yes, about BP, the recent events in the summer or in spring with the Oil Week in the Gulf of Mexico, for example. Pretty important information, actually, really. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who, who else have you interviewed?
1: Tell oh, for
0: example, Lloyd, yeah, Mr. Uh, Lloyd Pye, who um, talking about the Star Child skull, but also incredible works uh, he did on DNA and uh, hominoids. <laughs> and yeah, it's really uh, it's a great teacher. For, uh, that's what I thought, and really wanted to have him as one of the first people, you know, on the show. <laughs> Yeah, he has, and I want to have him also a second time about uh, the human DNA and what is actually so different, or why why there is something that we yeah we feel somehow different. uh, This conflict that I was talking about and this manipulation of DNA. He can't tell us uh, why it happened, but he has a lot about uh, a lot of information about um, differences and why he has actually the evidence that our DNA has been manipulated, no? Um, So Mm -hmm. there's a sort of gene thing, you know, two genes have been just uh, fused. Can you say that? A fusion of two genes into each other. So it's an amazing uh, field also where I don't find to write words in English sometimes. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, and you know this uh, other special person, Karen Sawyer, which was also last week on that uh, show on the beginning of the seventh day on the Galactic Underworld. Karen Sawyer is a woman. She's organizing the ARC, Alternative Research Community Convention. She has been also... Um, writing two books, The Dangerous Man and the Soul Companion. So that was also one of my guests on the show. Yeah, a really nice person. And of course, well, Lois, you, you have al- been my guest.
1: Yeah, I was on there too. <laughs> We're almost out yes. of time. So let me say again, Bianca's yes. website, which is very educational, is nightfall-project.com. And she is interviewing people and working out of the Netherlands. And thank you so much for being with us here today and sharing your great wisdom.
0: I appreciate you. Thank you, you too, Lois. Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye.